why does uh, Pope Urban Meyer not want <laughs> not want the average person joining his? Do you know? Uh, I feel like that he was given be sainthood better. because he made Tim Tebow look like an actual quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> a miracle in your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he made the son of Christ look like Buddha. We're gonna bless all the blessings on you. Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve talking with Steve. Hi. And Ryan. That's Jameson because this year, or I'm sorry, this week I don't have beer. Just open up an Arizona iced tea with ginseng. <laughs> that, that was a, that was my bottle of Jameson. Why does it sound like you have crayons in your bottle? Of Jameson? <laughs> God damn. No, it's uh Jameson cold brew and it is delicious. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Beer just isn't cutting it during this quarantine, so I switched to the hard good stuff. Oh shit! You're making an Uncle Buck change. You know, you're, you're not drinking beer anymore. You just move straight to liquor. Just fuck it. <laughs> By the end of the week, I won't even be doing. Uh, you won't even be mixing it with anything. It'll be straight from the bottle. When we last left off, we were talking about the First Crusade and the portion of it that it was referred to as the People's Crusade, um, which which kind of um, preceded what is known as the Prince's Crusade or the actual sort of organized not just a bunch of, of peasants and occasional knights just killing Jewish people across Europe, making their way to Anatolia, where they all got massacred by the Turks because they're idiots. Would you say that that is... Is that an original sentence that you just wrote about the Crusades? Because it's pretty succinct. That was a pretty good sentence, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's a solid, it's like yeah, a I succinct just, just, definition of the Crusades. I did it live. I, that was all. If I, had, it live. if I had a mixer where I could like take the last 30 seconds and replay it for all of us, I would do it right now. That was pretty good. And then I would just end the episode. <laughs> and then just play the theme from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Nah, Moonlighting. So if you have to summarize it, right, what were the Crusades over? Like, if we just want to do a real broad generalization for some... What were they fought the over, episode. or when if were you, they if over? If you missed the first episode, like, let's say, what was the whole reason behind them, who participated, give it to me in 30 seconds or less. Which which we'll mainly go into, because I'm going to talk about why the princes went on it, but essentially, Pope Urban II decided that... Keith Urban II. Pope Urban? I feel a lot of problematics with that name. <laughs> They needed. Um, he felt that the nobles in in Europe needed a bit of a project, because they were too busy fighting amongst themselves and them all being Christians. He felt this was bad, and he wanted to sort of take that energy that they had and devote it to fighting not Christians. <laughs> I don't uh, see a problem with this whatsoever. They were fighting amongst each other, Christians, and he wanted them to fight not Christians. <laughs> Or I say non-Christians would be a a better grammatically correct way of putting it. Yeah, I like not Christians though. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it sounds good. <laughs> Don't go over there, Jimmy. There's a bunch of not Christians over there. <laughs> they haven't heard the word, Jimmy. They're not Christians. But they're souls, Dad. I know, Jimmy. It's... Don't look at them, Jimmy. <laughs> it's sad. Aw, oh, shucks. I sure do feel bad for not Christians. 
It, it's like so it's like in line with sex haver. <laughs> so good. You Christ haver. <laughs> I nominate that from now on the trilateral troika refers to Christians as Christ havers and non Christians as not Christians. <laughs> <laughs> dirty just, Christ have just, just a box like the census where you check off what your religious beliefs are. It's Christ, Christ ever, not Christian. Uh, uh, okay, continue. It, go, going back to Pope Urban, his his main plan was for the French nobility um, to sort of support his call for crusade. He didn't really um, want all of these common people to be going and while he was touring france trying to drum up support for the crusade he began to forbid certain people um, women monks and the ale from joining the crusade um, but this was mostly impossible because people weren't really listening to him um, and, and also other people like peter the hermit who was the the leader of of the people's crusade the spiritual leader he also was preaching so it's not just the pope going out there once the pope sort of put this call for crusade out into the world these other priests just sort of jumped onto it and it, it sort of took on like a sort of identity and and force of its own right so they had the coolest names like you know would you say john the hermit or whatever but my problem with that is that if i was around back then they'd be like oh ryan the drunk <laughs> or Ryan the perpetually intoxicated. <laughs> like their names are cool though. Like you just get a name for being a hermit. That I, I'm pretty sure that would just be Ryan the average. You probably, <laughs> no, but like let's say you were above the average. I think they're more creative than that. I think it would be like wet Ryan, Ryan the lush. Wet Ryan. That's what I think it would be. <laughs> He's wet Ryan. He is. <laughs> Why do they call him wet, Paul? Well, he has himself a bit of a drink, and then he has himself a bit of a drink. <laughs> but listen, he and suffers on a, on a, from the Irish sickness, oh as my, they call it. Listen, listen, you racist bastards, listen. <laughs> Why does uh, Pope Urban Meyer not want the, <laughs> not want the average person joining his? Crusade? Do you know? Uh, I feel like that he was given sainthood wanted. because he made Tim Tebow look like an actual quarterback. <laughs> You have to perform a miracle in your lifetime. <laughs> uh, he made this son of Tim Christ look, look good. Oh, like son of Buddha, we're gonna bless all the blessings on you. But he okay, gets up there, and why did the father is just like, "I was gonna make he you." He didn't want. He didn't want all those people to go out on the crusade because he knew they were gonna end up getting killed. Because it's just regular people with no training fighting against, like, career soldiers. So he was morally okay. Like, he wasn't a morally bankrupt piece of shit who would say, oh, just come join me because numbers are numbers are more important than anything. Numbers are what? <laughs> yeah, and, and also, too... He likes Blackwater he... going up against, like, Navy SEALs. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that. Like, your, your local... training is... Your local, uh, your local militia group going yeah, up yeah, against the, guys, the yeah, U.S. It's Army. It's like the it's like the Yal Qaeda guys going against the U.S. Army. Good luck. That's true. Yeah. And he he was also not a fan, like we talked about last time, with sort of the wave of of, of anti-Semitism and and pogroms that followed in their wake. He did not want them to be, you know, killing Jewish people. Um, he wanted the Crusade to focus on um, taking over 
the Levant, or, or the Holy Land, as it's called. So, okay, so again, he wasn't, like, a morally bankrupt piece of shit. He, yeah, he, he's not he, he generally, he, he generally wanted the nobles to do it um, as, as a way to sort of harness their energy into sort of bringing the Roman Catholic Church to the Levant. Hmm. Mm, okay. Um, so he, he had discussed the crusade um, with a bishop in, in France who would sort of be his legate or, or sort of representative on the crusade. Um, his con- his consigliere. Yeah. Uh, Adhemar uh, of Lapoy and Raymond IV, Count of Toulouse. Um, so they were two of the most powerful people in southern France, and since he was able to get them on board, um, he would have a, a, a number of sort of trained knights and soldiers. The, the total strength of the armies of the crusade, um, no one's really sure about how many were there, but it's believed there were about 40,000. Jesus. Um, there's, there's some debate as to what the contingents of them were. Um, we know that Raymond's had the largest contingent, and he had 8,500 infantry and 1,200 cavalry. Mm-hmm. There, there's some debate because, of course, you know, they're going to need to have people who don't do combat roles in the army. Yeah, they're they're going to need yeah. people who, who cook and support. Um, I, I don't think they had probably have much of a medical contingent. But so it's not 40,000 troops. It's, it's 40,000 people. Bodies. Yeah, 40,000 yeah, bodies. So you're saying that it, the average fucking Bears game just <laughs> would annihilate them number-wise. <laughs> <laughs> the Only the 85 Bears. Field. No, I just, <laughs> lo- I just looked it up. The average Bears attendance in uh, two- 2019 is, is 61,000. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We're at the Crusades. We're at the Crusades, them? Bob. <laughs> is Dicka leading them? Uh, he's always leading them, Bob. But then they win. They win by a lot. <laughs> Ditka by a nose. Um, <laughs> while we're on this topic, can you just look up the Raiders' average attendance? Because I feel like the Raiders would just run fucking. Rampant. It's actually more appropriate too to, to uh, Crusader talk, right? The Raiders. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, Fifty-seven thousand. And those are Raider fans. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's saying something. And sort of in this force, um, he had rec- recruited other lords. Um, one of them was Bahamond, or Bohamond of Toronto. I thought you were going to say Bahamut. Bahamut of Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is he really from Toronto? A- Local cosplayer, Bahamut of Toronto. Oh, okay. He's a long way from home, son. So he was. Um, uh, you also had um, Godfrey of, of Bouillon, um, which was led by Godfrey, who was the Duke of of Lower Lorraine. Yes, Godfrey. Where did Bouillon come from then? Uh, if not the cubes, that's where he came from. The Bouillon. <laughs> he invented the Bouillon cube. It was a battle technique that he used when he was in the Crusades. <laughs> he found that his men needed a, a fine soup to refresh themselves on the battlefield and he concocted a perfect cube. Yeah. Well, what he what he actually what he did. Campaign. That's not what that's that's apocryphal. What really happened was that he set up four points in a field that were in a cube shape and each of them had scented herbs placed at them so that it would draw the attention of troops until they were inside of a box and then he would proceed to slaughter cube. them inside the bullion cube with arrow fire. <laughs> 
you in conclusion, the... the bullion cube is an item of contrasts. <laughs> you you had the the provincial um, army of of Raymond of Saint Saint Gile, um, which was led by Raymond the Fourth, Count of Toulouse. Um, they were sort of a um, sort of a major um, area in France, uh, Provence. Okay. Um, the army of Robert Curthose of Normandy, which was led by Robert of Normandy, who was the eldest son of William the Conqueror. Oh, wow. Yeah, the army of Robert II of Flanders, um, who was the Count of Flanders. You had the army of Hugh of Vermandois, led by Hugh the Great, Count of Vermandois, son of Henry I, King of France. Jeez, man, you had some big, big shooters here. I'm talking about some heavy hitters here. Yeah. The army of Stephen of Blois, led by Stephen, Count of Blois, and also accompanied by Stephen I, Count of Burgundy. This sounds like Forrest Gump. There was Tex from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> there was Brooklyn from Queens. Oh, I get it. I'm done. I'm and done. I'm done. We, <laughs> we, we don't really know like why they they sort of joined on for the crusade. It was It was sort of an academic debate, but like I talked about before, um, in the previous episode, it, it's pretty much that they actually believed in the cause. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's got to be, right? I mean... Because because after um, after they sort of finish the crusade, uh, spoilers, um, none of them really stick around in the Middle East. They all go back to their homes. And one of the things that people thought for a while that, that earlier historians had sort of said was that they might have done it, you know, to gain, to gain land or, or riches or something like that. But they don't really gain that. And they didn't even do anything with what they even, like, gained from their ill-gotten wars, right? Well, they, they do. We'll, we'll talk about that. Because <laughs> they, do, they do divide up the Levant. <clears throat> I um, think what's important so, to point out, just because totally unorganically, non-secular, insert this here, uh, is that these are men largely who believe in damnation. And that's a puritanical punishment. That's an important point to make. Either. Like, you know, what, what year was it? The like the 1100s? Yeah, it was 11. It was the end of the 11th. Century. These are people who believe that they will go to hell or be damned or, you know, if they don't do the right thing if they were like, you know, devout Christians at that mm-hmm. time. Cuz I think your average devout Christian here doesn't like in 2020 doesn't really believe in like all that some of them do some of them very very clearly do but and and it's also too as mentioned in the previous episode going on crusade uh, essentially is absolves you of your sins so it's an indulgence yeah so it's like a it's like a free i wouldn't say it's free it's essentially an (laughs) indulgence you get by doing this you know you're, you're giving your time it's a community service indulgence as opposed to like one that you just buy straight up sure i bet you i bet you the guy um that went to visit that totally untouched island and got fucking murdered by the tribe that lives there with their bows and arrows i guarantee you he had that same idea even if i die doing this this is like a one-way trip to heaven do not pass go do not collect 200 oh yeah 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 I'll go he right wanted straight up he there. wanted the untouched no one, no one has converted these sinners before. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, in the year of our Lord twenty nineteen when this happened, or twenty eighteen when it happened. Yeah, um, there's a fucking reason that they, they haven't been contacted. Hey, hey <laughs> Don't any, go anything there. <laughs> just for the chance to get your picture in the back of the Extreme Teen Bible. 
in, like, the all-star section. He got his picture in the obituary section of whatever two-bit town he came from. That's all he got. He had a chance, yeah, though. Yeah, but he tried. He had a chance. YOLO. He put YOLO. it up. He put the... He, YOLO. He, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> Quote Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> The the Princess Crusade they they make their way to Constantinople. Uh, most of them go by by. Boat. Oh, is that what we're talking about right now? Pope Urban is the Princess Crusade. Yes, okay. and sort sort of like the official part of the Crusade, and they all they all make their way to Constantinople um, without having the issues that the People's Crusade had because they're just sort of marauding around the countryside and just like looting and attacking every city they come across. That's that's what the Princess Crusade is doing. No, that's what the People's Crusade. Oh, okay. The Princes Crusade, though, they're they're professionals. They they go through regular means to Constantinople, um, and when they reach there, um, they they don't really have a lot of provisions, and they ask for help from Alexios. Alexios uh, is the the emperor of the extant Roman Empire or the Byzantine Empire. I remember him from Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Was he in Assassin's Creed? I, I only played the I first one. If, I don't know if it was the same one. It was it was in the Assassin's Creed Greek version. Mm. It probably well, I, I, yeah, it's probably a different one because remember they do speak Greek. Yeah. In, but the main character's the, the, name is Alexios. But I I I'm, I'm just fucking with you. I had no, absolutely no reservations that that was the same person. Because the the first Assassin's Creed game does take place during, or, or sort of I should say in the aftermath of the First Crusade. So yeah, I do remember that. So this is kind of like you know, it's kind of like a whole bunch of people gathering to fight a war. I mean, does the other side even know that they're coming? And who is the other side? <laughs> well, the other side are those those sort of disorganized um, Turkic peoples and and other sort of local um, sort of petty petty kings and stuff like that in the region. Because um, remember, as we, we discussed in the previous episode, is that the, the Middle East is kind of in a, a sort of a precarious situation at the time. So they're they're very divided. Though, um, the previous empires had sort of fallen and, and sort of collapsed into smaller states. Um, you, you have sort of the rise of this Shia um, caliphate that is sort of contending um, with these other smaller states and former empires. So there's a lot of fighting going on. A lot of disorganized people um, so, th- if you were going to attack the region, this would be the time to do it. Um, but as as you'll see, it, it doesn't really work out for them as as well as they thought. Hmm. Uh oh. Um, they're, they're also they're they're also not aware of the political situation. They they don't really know what's what's like going on because um, they they don't really get information from the region. Um, who they, who is that? All they know is that there's a bunch of like. Of, of non-Christians. Okay, so there. the you mean the gathered masses of Christ-havers. They, uh, <laughs> they only know that there's a bunch of non-Christians there. A bunch, I'm sorry, a bunch of not-saveds? Is that what we said? bunch of uh, non-Christians. Not-Christians, that's yeah, it. Not-Christians. Yeah, not-Christians. Yeah. Now, the not-Christians, they understand that there's a bunch of Christ-havers that are come trying to kill them and take their land, and is that pretty much the extent of what they understand? Or do well, they, 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 don't really, they don't really know what's going on, because remember, they when the People's Crusade came through Anatolia, they only got um, not that far from Constantinople, on the other side of, of the proper Anatolian peninsula, um, not the Greek side of, of Constantinople, on the Anatolian side of Constantinople. Um, so they don't get very far 
before the Turks just sort of like punk them. They they wore them into a trap and then they just obliterate them. They used Bouillon's cube against him. <clears throat> they had better spices. Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's just that scene from. You're talking about Turkish towers. European? Yeah, they definitely had better spices. I'm saying. Uh, what it, was so Jesus about that? I was just, they knocked him was, out with the, such exotic spices as cumin and pepper. <laughs> it, was, it was that scene from the two towers for that one orc. Like runs into the gate of the the fortress, yep. where he's carrying the torch, but instead it's like a big bowl of like really good smelling soup, like so much better than whatever they have that it just destroys the morale of the people's crusade. Why are we They're fighting so these men better. again? You realize, uh, in the short term, I would rather eat better than go to heaven. So when the prince's crusade arrives at Constantinople. Um, Alexios is obviously, you know, very suspicious of them, um, not only because of what happened with the People's Crusade, but also because um, some of his former enemies are among the Prince's Crusade. Um, Bohemond, he had invaded Byzantine territory in the past with his father, Robert Guisard, and they had, um, they had attempted to organize an attack on Constantinople while encamped outside the city. Um, so he he's not really like happy about having these people around, especially um, Bohemond. And the the Crusaders also as well. They they kind of expect Alexios to become their leader, um, but he doesn't really have any interest in joining them. Um, and he's he's mainly concerned like with the People's Crusade of just getting them away from Constantinople. And you said Alexios um, is Turkish, right? Alexios is Greek. Greek, okay. Um, I. It's going to make a lot of people mad if I say this, but Greeks and Turks are very ethnically um, similar. Oh, no. Um, oh, shit, be- dude. Because, dude, because sure? Anatolia was mostly populated by people of Greek descent. Mm-hmm. And, and very much like the Middle East, like a lot of people believe, you know, that North Africa, that before like the Arab invasion, you know, that everybody in North Africa was black. But no, everybody in those regions pretty much looks the same today as they did um like hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. huh? And the and the same is true for um, for Greece and Anatolia. Um, that a lot of the people who became what would be called Turks, which the term Turk, in terms of what we think of it today, is something that didn't come into existence until after World War One. Um, the the citizens of the Ottoman Empire are are essentially the the people who lived in the region who decided to convert to um, Islam. Uh huh. And, and sort of adopt into this sort of um, Turkic culture that the Ottomans brought with them. Okay. So Alexios, um, he gives them food and supplies, uh, but he requested that the leaders of the uh, Prince's Crusade, um, that they swear fealty to him and promise to return um, any of the land they recover to the Byzantine Empire. Um, Godfrey was the first to take the oath, um, and mo- almost all of the other leaders would follow him, um, but um, Raymond was the only one who avoided swearing the oath. Um, he instead pledged that he would simply cause no harm to the Empire. Okay. Alright. So, would you say that Raymond was popular? I would say that possibly everybody loved Raymond. 
<laughs> I, you son of a we bitch. Have a, we have a good rapport here, because that's exactly what I wanted him to say. <laughs> you son he of a bitch. He also had What's-His-Face with him, the guy with the really deep voice. Uh, Ray, I'm your brother. Oh, Ray, I'm your brother. I, don't, I don't know about this Ray, one, I'm Ray. a cop, but I'm a fucking not... weirdo. <laughs> that's my whole character, Ray. Ray. Stop joining the mafia, Ray. Is that is this supposed to be his brother? I can't. It's been so long. Since yeah, it's his brother. Yeah, it's his brother. His brother. Yeah. Um, before before they go across the the Bosphorus, um, Alexios advises them on how best to deal with the Seljuks, um, and so they're a little more prepared than the People's Crusade was. Because um, remember when Alexios sent them over, he sort of sent them over as soon as possible, and he wasn't really the best at giving them. Um, advice. I'm dying to make a, a a joke about the Rock every time you say the People's Crusade. I'm not going to throw that out there right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Every time I hear the People's Crusade and how it didn't work, I'm always like, "Bitch, the Rock would never let that happen." <laughs> in in 1097, um, the Crusader armies cross into Asia Minor, um, and they are joined by Peter the Hermit, who was the the leader of the People's Crusade who survived because he was away from them. When they all got annihilated, because um, because remember because remember at the end of sort of the People's Crusade, um, the Crusade had sort of been taken over by these two factions mm-hmm. of knights, mm-hmm. and they had just sort of ignored what he was doing, and Peter had gone back to Constantinople to sort of ask for supplies, and they got annihilated while he was gone. And, yeah, because while he was gone, they got loot crazy. And the Turks spread a rumor, you know, that one of the nearby cities had been taken by one of the contingents of the People's Crusade, um, the city of of Nicaea. Mm -hmm. And so they were all like, they wanted to get there so they could get their cut. I think it's Nicaea. Or Nicaea. Yeah. I think it's just Nicaea. Nicaea sounds like a a place, Nicaea. <laughs> oh God! Well, that's in uh, Warhammer, but uh, Nicaea sounds like uh, like, a, like a hipster village. Welcome to Nicaea. Yeah. <laughs> Can I start you off with dabs? <laughs> you can have whatever you want. Fest as long starts as the it's an week. IPA. <laughs> you can have whatever you want as long as it's an IPA. <laughs> uh, in, in also, we have patchouli to- smelling deodorant if you need it. Patchouli fucking everything in Gainesville during Fest. Oh my god, it's terrible. They also have these two generals that join them um, from Alexios. So these two Byzantine generals, um, Manuel... um, Noriega. Uh, What? (laughs) Botomites and Tatikios. Um, And they're sent along to sort of help them. Um, So the first objective they have is to take uh, Nicaea. Um, so, it had previously been under Byzantine rule, um, but it was also the capital of the Seljuk um, Sultanate um, under Kilij uh, Arslan I. Um, Arslan was away at the time. He was sort of um, campaigning against another Turkish people um, called the Donishmen. The, the um, Dornishmen? Anatolia, so he was away. What did you say? The Donnersmen's? The Dornish. Donnishmen. The Dornishmen. Donish. Okay. I'm just I'm just hungry, so I heard Donner like Donner meat, and that's it. Bro, have you ever had um, a halal it, snack pack like with lamb? Oh my they're pretty God. good. Absolutely, dude. 
out of control. Have you ever had a Haram snack pack? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and and because uh, Arzon he he sort of underestimated the the Crusaders um, because of how the People's Crusade had gone. He left his um, treasury behind and his family because he didn't think they'd be able to like take the city. Um, so they the Crusaders arrive at the city and they they sort of initiate a long siege of it. Um, and when Arzon catches word of this. Um, he travels back What's and attacks the, the Crusaders on May 16th. And a short siege. What's the difference? Yeah. One's done faster than the other one? <laughs> well, you know, I didn't know if, uh, you know, it meant like, you know, they initiate. What answer were you expecting? Because the way he <laughs> well, phrased it, he said they initiated a long siege. So right, boys, long siege what I'm saying is, is out let's say, hold on, and then my short sieges <laughs> are going in there with the battering rams. No, hold on. <laughs> let's say you have a, a two sieges, right? One's long and one's short, and you initiate them, right? You do them both in January. Do the surrounding people understand the difference? The surrounding people probably just think we're being sieged and we're fucked. Yeah, I'm just, it, I'm just it, wondering, like, do they on... bring in more like toilet paper? <laughs> for the long siege. No, no, no. no. They, yeah, yeah. They panic shop for more toilet paper, milk, and eggs. Ryan and I were uh, actually, speaking of that, Ryan and I were talking about uh, uh, whether or not the Crusaders would work from home during a coronavirus. <laughs> and uh, They were all essential, you and see. And no, Ryan said... No. They're televangelists. <laughs> the Crusaders working from home are just televangelists. Like fucking Jim Baker and his colloidal Jim silver. Baker is a work-from-home crusader. <laughs> They all had Baker buckets, so they were prepared. <laughs> I unironically want to buy a Baker bucket of macaroni and cheese just to see how bad it is. Uh, apparently, um, Robert Evans of Behind the Bastards fame, he did an episode. I always think of movie of, producer Robert of worst Evans. Year ever. And he talked about the Baker buckets and how they're like they're like the lowest quality. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, those can't be anything close to even, like, dog food quality in any capacity, or else there's no way he's making money, because they sell for, like, 20 bucks or some dumb shit like that. So it's, like, Safeway mac and cheese? They're they're more Worse. expensive now. Oh, they're more expensive now? Okay. Yeah, he's, he and, um, and, and they both got in trouble for it. Him and Alex Jones have sort of taken their, their survival prepper packs, and they've, like, upped the prices on them by, like, 400%. It's out of control. Yep. Um, so, the the difference in like a short siege and a long siege is pretty much when the defender gives up, or if the defender doesn't give up and the sieging army breaks off due to a number of reasons. Got it. Um, so, Arslan arrives, he attacks on May 16th, he's driven back by the Crusader force, and heavy losses are suffered on both sides. Um, but the siege continues, um, the Crusaders um, had little success because... There was a lake on the side of the city, and Arslan was able um, to get supplies to the city and keep it provisioned from this lake. Because of a fucking lake? They the could, didn't yeah, know but they, could, lake right they couldn't see the lake like and, and stop the lake travel? Ah, God damn it, he's on a fucking rowboat, he's out of reach. God damn it, foiled again. Well, they couldn't, they could, they could surround the city walls, but they couldn't surround the lake. But these are British, right? Don't they have a good navy? No, they're French. Oh, they have a terrible navy. So they're, they're fucked. Yeah. That's no good. Damn. I thought Rip. that they were. I thought they were British. You said William the Conqueror. 
No, it's his. It's his. Uh, his fucking fail son. His cousin, yeah. Willem. Because <laughs> remember, William the Conqueror is not English. He's Norman. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, thank you. He 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 becomes. He just gets his citizenship when he takes over the place. <laughs> <laughs> he gets his, he gets All right, his I guess passport. you could be. I, be, I guess you could be from the UK. Fuck off. <laughs> uh... Um. So, in order to break the city, um, Alexia sends the Crusaders ships, um, which he rolls over land on logs to them. And when the Turks see this, um, they surrender on June eighteenth. Because wait, they surrendered because. They saw what ships they had. They had taken boats and they had put them on logs and sort of rolled them, like like think like building the pyramids where they would use yeah. like logs yeah. to move. They do the same thing but with boats. Oh, so they see the boats coming to the lake. Yeah, so okay. they see them bringing the boats over land to the lake, and with that they'll be able to attack the city from the lake, and so the Turks surrender. They know it's all over. Um, the city is handed over to the um, to the Byzantine troops, um, and this is sort of a, a point of contention between the Crusaders and the Byzantines, um, because um, the Byzantines, you know, they fly their standards from the wall, and the Crusaders are forbidden from looting the city or even entering it, except if they're being escorted. Hmm. Um, this is all, even though like the Crusaders don't like this, this is also in accordance with the oaths they had made to Alexios. Um, and Alexios did ensure that they were paid for their efforts. So after they after they hand over um, Nicaea, um, they resume their march to Jerusalem. Um, and Stephen, a boy, um, he writes a letter to his wife, um, Adela, that he believed that the journey would only take them about five weeks. Um, their their march to Jerusalem ends up taking them two years. <laughs> Whoops, dude. So, let me ask you a question. I mean, like, it's hard to get information at this time, so does his wife know that he's even alive? Yes, she does, and we'll we'll sort of get to that. Primitive cellular. Um, at, at the end, there, there's an interesting thing that happens to old, old Steve here. All right, Uh-oh. old Steve. Old Steve. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, oh, old Gil, he's got it again. Uh, Oh jeez, Della's gonna kill me. <laughs> at, at the end of June, the, the Crusaders marched on through Anatolia, accompanied by um, some Byzantine troops uh, under um, Tatikios. Um, geographically, uh, real quickly, but in where's Anatolia like located? Just roughly. It's modern day Turkey. Okay, modern day Turkey is very all, large. <laughs> all all of Turkey is Anatolia. Okay, all right, okay. Um, except the except the part that is on um, the European mainland. That's called not Anatolia. Um, <laughs> that is that is not considered a part of Anatolia. Um, I, I don't know the proper term for it, but it is. Um, Istanbul, it was not Constantinople. Um, it was originally part of Greece. <laughs> Why'd they change it? Because they they got their their shit kicked in by the Ottomans. I th- I think you missed the it's it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Oh, I heard you. <laughs> That's why I said why they change it. <laughs> See, I think Steve Nobody actually knows. laughs at these puns, but what he does is he mutes his mic, so you <laughs> you have no idea that he's he, like, doing it. Laughs? I have to he, like, I have mutes? to do the teacher thing where I'm like like that's incredibly inappropriate. He pulled, he, and then after class, I'm just like, smoking a cigarette, laughing he about the it. Shit, poop. He, he called the shit bloody. poop. 
<laughs> his tongue is bloody from how much he's biting his tongue to not laugh. He's pulling on that Dan Brown Salise. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, as they're sort of making their way um, through Anatolia, <laughs> the, the Crusaders are still hopeful that Oexios is going to send a full Byzantine army to help them. Um, and they also sort of divided up the force um, into two easily manageable groups, one that is a contingent of Normans and one is of the other French. <laughs> the others. <laughs> the the two groups, um, they attended to meet at the city of, of Dorylaeum, um, but on July 1st, um, the Normans who had marched ahead of the French uh, were attacked by Arslan. Oh no, what happened? Did they win? Um, Arslan, um, sort of knowing what to expect this time, had gathered a much larger army um, than he had previously had um, at, at, at Nicaea. Um, now um, surrounded the, the Normans um, with sort of his uh, horse uh, horsebound archers. So it's um, going to Nor- end up well. The, the Normans were able um, to, to deploy a tight-knit defensive formation, um, and they also surrounded all their equipment and non-combatants um, who had followed them in order to protect them from the, the forces of the Turks. The Normans had sent out um, people to find the French and, and tell them to come help them. Um, the French were able to arrive. Um, they break through the Turkish lines, and um, the legate, um, Adhamar, is, is able to outflank the Turks from the rear, and so they are able to sort of fight them off. What is a what is a um, legate? Remember, he's a he's the agent of the Pope. Okay. Any any time you see the title legate, that is a sort of like a papal um, representative. Okay. Um, so seeing these two armies sort of um, attack him, which he wasn't prepared for, and them able to get the jump on him, um, Arslan um, he flees. The, the Crusaders continue marching through Anatolia, um, but even though they're unopposed, the, the journey is very unpleasant because Arslan had destroyed everything um, sort of in the in their path. Um, so he'd use sort of a scorched earth tactic in order to make life miserable for the Crusaders. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's the middle of summer, and the Crusaders have very little food and water. Uh, many men and horses died. Um, some fellow Christians that they encountered along the way would give them gifts of food and money, um, but the Crusaders would usually just loot and pillage um, whenever, the, whenever they had the opportunity to. Very, very Christ-like. Um, and, and sort of while they're going along, too, I mean, they all call these themselves nobles, Christians, right? That's not very Christ-like to rape and pillage as you go. Good no, fuck. they're Christ-havers. Sorry, Christ Christ A Christian's a they're com- not the right kind of Christ. A Christian's Christ-havers. a completely different thing. That's a person who follows the teachings of Christ. Christ havers <laughs> are people this who this is me suppressing my laughter. Have Christ, <laughs> and you don't. They literally have Christ. Like they have one of his fingernails, and in their you pocket. fucking don't. <laughs> it's because I'm a sinner. Anyway, um, while they're while they're sort of uh, traveling along, all the nobles. Um, begin to sort of start um, disputing overall leadership, um, but none of them are able able to sort of take control um, because they're not powerful enough. And um, Adhamar is, is sort of seen as the spiritual leader of the crusade, as he's the representative from the Pope. Um, after um, after they reach uh, the Cilician gates, um, Baldwin of of Boulogne, um, he sort of sets off on his own towards Armenia, 
um, in, in sort of the area around the Euphrates, um, because he learns that his wife um, back in Europe has died, who was his only connection um, to lands and wealth. Um, so he has no real incentive to return to Europe. What's his name um, again? So his name is Baldwin of uh, Boulogne. Just when I finally thought I had heard of all the Baldwin brothers, here go fucking more of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these guys go way back. <laughs> he had a house in the back of the Crusades, <laughs> up on a hill. He's he's always fighting with Stephen Baldwin at the children's table. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, the first time I saw uh, Biodome, it's what? That's Stephen Baldwin, right? Yeah. I believe I, it is, yeah. I, I didn't realize that that was Alec Baldwin's brother because I was very young. And I was just like, this guy looks a lot like that other guy that I know about. And then I found out later on he's got like 37 siblings. I was like, Jesus, goddamn Christ. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're like the White Wayne's family. <laughs> Except they're just not as talented. Yeah, nowhere near as talented. <laughs> Biodome is a lot like the Crusades. Oh, God. I'm not going to even go, go there. Ahead. I'm not doing Go it. ahead. No, no, no it's no, all right. Ahead. I'm saying they were trying to build a dome go on. a dome, you know. Go on, Steve. Just because you're the saying there was a greater dome of, you know, not Christians, and they were trying to build a little dome inside the not Christian dome. and Just because you're stuck in a bubble doesn't mean out. you can't cause big trouble. <laughs> so, because of Baldwin's situation, he sort of decides that he's going to carve out his own um, lands in, in this sort of region. Um, and, and he goes off towards Armenia because Armenia was the first Christian kingdom. Early in 1098, um, he sort of becomes friendly with this um, this leader named Thoros of Edessa. Um, he's generally like Thoros is not really liked by his subjects. Thoros of Mir, um, because yeah, the same. <laughs> um, he's disliked. He's disliked by his Armenian subjects because he's Greek Orthodox. A red priest. Whereas the Armenians are Armenian Orthodox. Um, so Thoros is later killed um, during an uprising that Baldwin may have instigated because Thoros decides to make Baldwin his it's heir. It's a Baldwin. Of course he fucking instigated it. Um, so in, in, 1090, in March of 1098, Baldwin has become the ruler of um, the county of Odessa and it's considered to be the first of the Crusader states. Crusader states. Um, the 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 rest of the Crusade, um, they make their way to Antioch, um, and that's sort of at about the halfway mark between Constantinople and Jerusalem. Um, Stephen of Blois described it as a city beyond belief, very strong and unassailable. Um, so Antioch. The, the idea of taking yeah, so the idea of taking the city is is not one that the Crusaders have any like idea that they'll be capable of doing. Um, so what they sort of hope to do is force a capitulation um, by finding a traitor within the city, um, because that's how Antioch had been taken from the Byzantines um, by the Seljuks. Um, so they start a siege of the city on October 20th of 1097. Um, so... During the, the eight months of the siege, they're forced to defeat two large armies under the leadership of, of Dukak and, and Fakir al-Malik Radwan. Um, so the, the problem with Antioch as well Dukak. is that it's so large that they... <clears throat> Dukakis. <laughs> Mike Dukakis. <laughs> I'm a Dukakis Democrat. <laughs> he was unable to fight them because his hands were Velcroed to the podium. <laughs> 
Uh, Holy fuck. Antioch, though, is so large that the Crusaders aren't able to fully surround it. Um, So it's able to stay partially supplied. Okay. On March 4th, uh, 1098, um, relief arrived um, as a Crusader fleet called the Saxon Crusade um, brings them supplies from the west. Um, So this Crusader fleet um, from the Germans sort of gives them more supplies so they can keep up the siege. And on May, in May of 1098, uh, Kerbogo of Mosul approached Antioch to relieve the siege. Um, but Bohemond was able to bribe an Armenian guard named Faraz to surrender his tower. And in June, the Crusaders entered the city and killed most of the, its inhabitants. God damn. Damn, man. Um, only a few days later, um, the Muslim forces under Kerboga um, arrive. Um, and then they begin to lay siege to the people who had been besieging the city. So, um, yeah, that, that, uh, that did a 180 real quick. And then uh, during this time, this uh, monk named uh, Raymond de Aguilar, he, he claims, or, or no, according to Raymond de Aguilar, a monk named Peter Bartholomew, um, he claims that he discovers the holy lance in the city, the, the lance that had pierced the side of Christ, the lance of Longinus. Mm-hmm. Longinus? This, yeah, Longinus. <laughs> the, the lance of Longinus. And, and even though uh, a number of the Crusaders are sort of skeptical of this, um, it, it's sort of seen as a sign that they will be victorious, that sort of God has blessed them by finding this, like, holy relic. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then June 28th of... 1098, the Crusaders who have rallied, um, they're able to defeat Kerboga in a pitched battle outside the city, um, and it's sort of it's sort of caused by Kerboga's inability to organize the different factions in his army, um, because Kerboga had sort of collected together um, a bunch of different peoples to sort of repel the Crusaders, and they were also fighting with each other in the same way that the Crusaders are sort of arguing and fighting with each other. Um, so, while the Crusaders were marching towards the Muslims at the battle, um, the Fatimid section of the army deserted the Turkish contingent, um, as they were as they were afraid that if Kerboga had defeated the Crusaders, he would become too powerful. Okay. Um, though, though, according to Christian eyewitnesses, um, they believe that an army of Christian saints came to aid the Crusaders during the battle and crippled uh, Kerboga's army. Yeah, well, I mean, they are christ so... That's one of the benefits. They, they, saints they, they, show they up. They believe, like, in the literal ethereal saints coming down to help the Christian army. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They're, okay. Like that. They're also like people that. who believe that when they die, they're going to go to a burning place, which is well, what which is as ridiculous. That are good. Well, uh, yeah, but the thing that scares me the most about that is the people that are good people only because they're afraid of hell, not because they want to be good people. Those people terrify me. Oh yeah, absolutely. You mean like the Crusaders? say they 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 sort of play out like sort of the um the return of the king you know and that but the ghost army comes except it's you know vgo morgenstein (laughs) (laughs) they had the best cgi crew in these crusades i swear to god (laughs) so while the crusade graphics boy Special effects guys through the roof. Budget incredible. Are you saying Valoy like V A L O I? No, Bloy B L O I S. Oh, Bloys. All right, Bloy. Bloys. Okay. 
so Stephen of Boy, um, he was during the siege on Antioch. He was in um, the city of Alex- Alexandretta. Um, when he learned of the situation, um, he thought it was hopeless. Um, so he leaves the Middle East, um, warns Alexios, um, and then goes back to France. What a coward. Um, because of this, it, it looked like a massive betrayal. Um, the, the leaders of Antioch, uh, most notably uh, Bohemond, um, argued that Alexios had deserted the crusade and that they no longer had to follow the oaths they had made to him. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, Bohemond, he, he asserted his claim to Antioch. Um, not everybody agreed with this. Um, the most notable of them was Raymond of Toulouse. Um, so, the crusade is delayed for the rest of the year while they sort of bicker with each other. So they spent the Game next off. Like, six months just <laughs> just sort of arguing with each other about who gets the city. All right. I'm taking my ball and I'm All going right, home. game on. There, there's also sort of a, th- a theory that some historians have that um, that this also broke down along sort of the, I, I guess you'd say the, the, the ethnic lines of the Crusaders, that the different regions or the regional lines of the Crusaders, where you'd have the people from northern France, the, the Provencals um, from southern France, and the Normans um, sort of arguing with the, each other. Um, <laughs> and, and even though there, there is this possible sort of breakdown over, over regional um, sort of allegiances, there, it's also just the fact that they're all greedy and they all have their own ambitions. Right. Well, the leaders are greedy, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the leaders of the crusade who are all nobles, they, when, when sort of they give up the they give up the illusion that they're that they're holding their oath to um, the Byzantine emperor. Yeah. They're just pretty much like, all right, now it's time to start claiming. Yeah, things. there are the there are no there are no real heroes. I have made this argument so many times in the last they, twenty years. There's no such fucking thing because when you get enough power and you've been in you've been in power long enough, you just want more power. Mm-hmm. They they all turn into that meme of that guy. At that tree, just just sort of rubbing his hands together, licking his yep, lips. Yeah, yeah, that like Haitian like rap guy. I it's, I can't remember what that guy's name is. The, I know you're talking about. Yeah, the guy in the uh, in the uh, like butterscotch suit the jacket. Yeah, suit. yeah, yeah, the yellow suit. Oh, I thought it was a butterscotch. Thing, like, I remember it was butterscotch. Like we all learned in middle school that absolute power corrupts absolutely. So it's just it, it's mind boggling to me to like this day that people still don't get that. Yeah. Well, I'm talking more but about... No, 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 you should let him have more power. He should absolutely be able to say and do whatever he wants. Like, mm, yeah, ah, you know what that's going to lead to? I'm talking more about greed, though. Like, I'm saying, like, the more you have, the more you want. It's, it's, okay. it's the opposite of what you would think. Like, a lot of people say, oh, if I oh, won yeah, the lottery... Yeah. You know, I I'd would. I do this. I I only want this much because I just do these things and I'd be done. But then there's a big hole there, and you have resources, and you got to fill the giant hole you've made. So now you need more, and it just keeps going on and on. And the same thing happens with, uh, you know, battles. I just get to the point where I've said like, I don't want to hit the lottery. I don't want to be a billionaire because that kind of money is just a headache. I would try yeah. my absolute best to give all of it away except for what I absolutely needed. That's what that's what we all I don't that's what it. we all say. But again, like No, no, most people say I'd love to hit the lottery. That money could be do great. I'm saying I don't want to. Yeah, I always say that when my wife and I, I buy lottery kind of tickets. Money. I'm like, nah, I don't want to be rich. Fuck that. Nah. Um, so while, while the Crusaders are sort of arguing with each other over 
the, over richness over whether, they, the lottery other, whether they should win that lottery or not. <laughs> yeah. Of who who gets they they all had a tontine with that. Did they uh, scratch off using their swords? They won. <laughs> they won. Yeah. They they just did a sweat motion with the with their dirt. <laughs> they just sort of rubbed it straight across. They were actually not known as tickets. They were known as dirkets. <laughs> My grandmother is killing herself right now listening to this because she absolutely loves scratch offs. <laughs> She can't get out because of the quarantine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she's old. Love you, Grandma. Uh, so the the Crusaders, while they're um, while they're arguing, um, the plague breaks out in Antioch, um, and it kills many in the army, including um, the legate. Um, Adhemar dies of the plague yeah. on August first. I heard they had a a team set up to take care of the initial outbreak, but they they were disbanded. <laughs> Well, they said they also said it was fake news. So this is just something that you know the Muslims had created. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't real. It was all just to destroy, you know, Bahamon, Raymond of Toulouse. You know, before? had spread this fake news yeah. in order to I take Antioch for himself. God, it sounds so familiar. Well, I mean, you know, it's history repeats itself. <laughs> that's right. So, Didn't try to take down George W. Bush. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I've heard this before. <laughs> So, so now that they're being ravaged by the plague, um, they have, they now also have fewer horses, um, and Muslim peasants in the area are refusing to to resupply and aid them. All you care about are the horses. Ooh. That's all you ever care about, the horses. <laughs> and so, in December, after the Arab town of Ma'arat al Numan is captured following the siege, um, <laughs> cannibalism breaks out among the Crusaders. Oh, Whoa. Shit. That's when the cannibalism started. Radolf of of Cain wrote, In Ma'arat, our troops boiled pagan adults in cooking pots. They impaled children on spits and devoured them grilled. Okay, is oh. that actually accurate? They probably did. Um, they, they probably did commit um, cannibalism. Um, but, because um, this is a, a guy who was there saying that. Huh. Um, it, it's, it's sort of at this time as well that knights and soldiers are becoming um, restless, and they also threaten to continue on to um, Jerusalem um, without their leaders. Hmm. Even knowing they'd get just slaughtered if they went out on their own. Hmm. Well, you know what? God's plan. <laughs> yeah. Drake. Drake. God's plan. God's plan. <laughs> so in the beginning of, of 1099, um, they restart their march and they leave uh, Bohemond behind as the first prince of Antioch. So that's the second crusader state. Now this is a st- Oh <laughs> right, my god. The fresh prince of Antioch. <laughs> oh, nope. Nope. <laughs> Just keep going. We're not even going to go down that road. Nope. So they, they make their way um, to the Mediterranean. And while doing this, too, they're, they're a bit lucky because the local leaders don't really want to fight them, and, and they just sort of make peace with them and give them supplies. Um, the only one that doesn't is the city of, of Arga. And the city of Arga is located where? It, it's located in what is today um, sort of like Lebanon. It, it is it's somewhere within sort of like what, what we consider today um, – the Middle East. Yeah, it's in northern Lebanon. Okay. So, uh, 
they're able to get mostly what they need, um, and and they sort of leave. Um, they they sort of abandon the siege of Arca. They just abandon it. Well, no, they the Crusaders just abandon taking it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Iftikhar Adula is the Fatimid governor of Jerusalem, and he becomes aware that the Crusaders are making their way to Jerusalem. Making their way, um, down and down. in order. And in order to prepare for it, he kicks out all the Christian inhabitants of Jerusalem um, so that they won't um, betray him to let the Crusaders into the city. And then he also poisons most of the wells in the area around Jerusalem. So just dickheads all around, then. What an asshole. Well, he, he, like, has them removed from the city. He expels them, but it's not like he kills them. That's kind of like salt in the earth, though. Like, poisoning the wells? That's fucking... But but that's so that when they're besieging the city, they can't use the water. Again, but you're talking about innocent people who are not caught up in that foolishness. So if you poison well, a they well, all, they all probably does it become a sick? What? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I said if you poison a well, do you just call it a sick? I wish you could see how hard I'm squeezing. They turned all the wells into six. The the locals probably evacuated. They probably told them, you know, that this large group of of Christ havers are coming through, (laughs) and that they're just like raping and pillaging. Is another great succinct example of the Crusades. (laughs) The Crusades to find a large. Contingent of Christ havers coming through the town. Well, here's my question: When the Christ havers showed up, did they give people who were not um, actively fighting them, like active combatants, would they give them the opportunity to haul ass, or would they say, "No, nah, you're going to be a Christ haver now. We're just going to chop your head off"? They probably didn't even give them the chance. They probably just, you know, like like Game of Thrones style, just like rode in oh. on their horses, just killed everyone they saw. Let me ask you That's this question. Enough. Which side do you think Joe Exotic would have been on? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Exotic would have been Egypt in this case. Just, <laughs> just chilling. Just some weirdo just off chilling. to the side. <laughs> he'd, he'd, be, he'd be teaching... He'd be teaching the the locals about Jesus through the use of his animal show and magic. And, and now I tell you guys what. Now if you compare this tiger to Jesus, you will see that it is much the same with his unique stripes and his ability to comfort in times of weariness. Holy shit, that was good. <laughs> now, I'm in. Now if you all sign me do, up. If you all, if you all want to do the cub play, you're gonna have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> if you now, okay, now I can hook you up if you want to watch the Cubs play and touch on them, but you are going to have to sign a waiver, and it is going to be an extensive waiver to limit us from liable damages. It's also going to be I love when he walks. You know, the touch of Christ does not come cheap. Oh my God, I love when he walks into the uh, into the lobby, and he's like, "Lady and gen- ladies and gentlemen, we just had a trainer lose one of their arms." <laughs> <laughs> I can Listen, I can yeah, give you a refund. Listen, he says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we just had one of our trainers have their arm ripped off by a guy lying. I remember saying because I'm on episode three right now. I haven't I haven't made it all the way through. Oh, I'll, I'll stop. Three. I'll stop then. No, no, no. I, I I saw that part, but I was just like, oh man, this guy has yeah, absolutely zero social episode. skills whatsoever. When he's just like, we had a trainer have their arm ripped off, and all the guests are like, 
Uh, oh. I thought this was. Does that mean it's fifty percent off the Tiger briefs? <laughs> <laughs> to to give you an idea of like how the situation was in sort of the area at the time, by the time the Crusaders reached Jerusalem, uh, the Fatimids are not in control of the city. The who? Um, the the Fatimids. Oh, the fa- oh, okay. the because remember the guy I talked about was the Fatimid governor of Jerusalem. Yes. By the time the Crusaders get there, um, a, a Seljuk, the Seljuks had pushed them out and had taken the city the previous year on June the 7th. Now, at this time in history, and I'm just going to ask a really stupid question, can we assume that um, – because I honestly don't even know how it is right now, but can we, consu- can we consider Jerusalem is the holy city for everybody or are we considering that Jerusalem is a holy city – for Jews, like how is this religious it's, breakdown it's happening? A, well, it's a holy city for everybody because all the events happened well before this. Um, because remember, the reason why it's holy to Muslims is because that's where Muhammad yeah. ascended to heaven yeah. at the end of his life. Okay, um, but, at the at the Temple of the Rock. So uh, I guess what I'm asking is, what religious contingent holds the most control over Jerusalem at this point in time? That well, makes any sense. at this point, the Muslims do. Okay, okay. Because um, remember, most of the the Jews in antiquity. Um, during the Roman Empire, had been sort of expelled from Jerusalem. Yeah, they're just kind of um, the wanderers. Those, yeah, and and some came back, but um, the main the main group there is probably just the Muslims. Okay. Okay. Um, and when when the Crusaders reach the city, uh, many of the Crusaders um, they they weep when they see the city because they had journeyed and and gone through so much to get there. Um, but when they get there. Um, they they find that the countryside is is very like is a desert. Um, it's lacking in water or food. Um, there are no real prospects of relief, um, and they fear that they're going to be attacked um, by the local rulers. Um, so there, there was, um, and, and they couldn't really blockade the city like they did in Antioch because they didn't have enough troops or supplies and time to do it. Um, so what they pretty much decide to do is just assault the city. Um, and when they assault the city, it's believed that they only had about 12,000 men, and 1,500 of them were um, cavalry. Okay. Um, and so they, they each make um, – they're, they're all from different backgrounds. Um, they all um, – they're, they're also not really, like, that fond of each other. Um, for instance, um, Godfrey and, and Tancred, his um, – a, a guy under him – uh, they make the camp. Um, they make camp in the north of the city, and Raymond makes his to the south of the city. Any special reason why, or because they don't like each other? Okay. Um, the 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 Provencal um, contingent um, didn't even take part in the initial assault on on June thirteenth. Um, so, in in this assault. Um, is is not really like no no one's really sure like if it really fully happened um, because after they scale the outer wall um, the crusaders were repulsed from the inner one so they made it outside or they made it into one system one level of defense but they didn't break into both yeah they they just sort of make it into the outer courtyard okay they're they're not able to like fully like get into the city okay um, and so after this initial assault fails, the, the various leaders meet, um, and they agree to make a more concerted attack to actually, you know, work together. Okay. On June 17th, a, a party of Genoan mariners um, under a man named Giglielmo 
Umbrachio um, arrive in 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 Jaffa. Giggity umbrella. And they and they <laughs> and, and they they give the Crusaders um, skilled engineers and, and supplies um, and timber, which they strip from their ships to build siege engines. Okay. Um, and one of the priests who's with the Crusaders, a man named um, Peter uh, Desiderius, um, claims to have had a divine vision of Bishop um, Adhemar, um instructing them to fast and then march in a barefoot procession around the city walls, after which the city would fall. Um, okay, Jericho. Based okay, on Jericho. The, what a yeah, stupid based on the vision. siege of Jericho. What a stupid fucking vision. Um, so after a three-day fast on July 8th, um, the Crusaders perform the procession they had been instructed, and they end on the Mount of Olives, where Peter the Hermit preached to them. And shortly afterward, um, they they all sort of like begin to have a rapport with each other. I was going to say so shortly after they were massacred. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out you can't a fight. Arrows kills them. It all. didn't hit their bodies. It hit their their naked ass white feet and anyone could see i love you raymond i love you steve i love you other steve <laughs> we're gonna die here um but soon afterwards they they received word that the fatimids had sent a relief army from egypt um so they they decide that now is the time to make another assault on the city um, so on July 13th, they begin this assault. Um, Raymond's troops attack the south gate, um, while the other contingents attack the northern this wall. This is still Antioch? No, this is Jerusalem. Oh, my bad. Because remember, they left They left Antioch because they had taken it, and they had argued with each other for six right, months right, right, who right. got to keep the city. I'm, so, I, I'm sorry. I'm very tired. I stayed up late playing Animal Crossing last night. <laughs> <laughs> the human condition. It is. Um, so, uh, initially, um, the, the contingent at the southern gate makes little headway, um, but the contingents at the northern wall fare better, um, and they're able to sort of uh, levy like a slow and steady attrition on the defense. On July 15th, the final push is launched um, at both ends of the city, and eventually they make it to the, um, the inner rampart of the northern wall, and they capture it. Um, in the ensuing panic, the defenders uh, abandon the walls of the city at both ends, which allow the Crusaders to fully enter the city. Let me ask you. Let me um, ask you this question. Okay, so now they're in, they're in Jerusalem, right? Did yeah. the defenders know at this time how like how persistent the Crusaders were, were going to be about actually attacking this city? Did they know then? They. Well, yeah, they they're like mu- Muslims are aware of the significance of Jesus. No, that that's so, not what so I'm saying. Do, I'm an, saying like, well, no, they they know that the end result, like their their goal is to get to Jerusalem. Okay, okay. Like, they know they know that that's the purpose of the crusade, and they know that they want to take the holiest. So city. was the, yeah, so this was like knew, so they actually did like, fortify. Jesus is our Muhammad. So they fortified, right? Well, they they have the normal defenses of the city. I guess they do fortify it a little more. But you know, it is a—it's like a walled city. It, it has the multiple sort of defenses. Got it. Um, and, and so, after the Crusaders enter the city, um, they begin to massacre everybody in the city. Um, and and it's sort of a, a way it was described was a, a juxtaposition of extreme violence and anguished faith. 
Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Good to see very Christ-like once again. Christ havers. And so there, there. This is also one of those things where there is a lot of eyewitness accounts from both sides. Um, just, just them like massacring everybody they could see, women, children, um, just everybody. There were terrible people on both sides. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> so after the after the successful assault, um, the the defenders fled to the Temple Mount, um, and they were pursued there by Tancred and his men. Hmm. Um, so. They, they arrived before the defenders could secure the area. Um, Tancred's men assault the precinct, and they murder um, most of the defenders who had taken refuge within the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is, like, the holiest mosque in Jerusalem. So I, like, search for Tancred, because I, I remember it from, like, a Final Fantasy game, and the, the, car- the guy comes up, Tancred, Prince of Galilee, and, uh... What? And, uh... The picture of him is clearly just from Crusader Kings. I was gonna say I remember Galilee from a video game, and I just can't remember which one. Well, Galilee is in in Jerusalem. Yeah, no, I know what Galilee is. <laughs> well, no, I'm telling Ryan because oh. he uh, said it sounds familiar. Uh, well, it's um, it's it, familiar because I've heard it from a video game, not because I knew it to be in Jerusalem. Because just just to throw out some spoilers there, <laughs> um, they they succeed, so they all get sort of titles related to places within um, the Levant. Oh shit! Um, so a- after they sort of slaughter the people, Tancred calls for a halt, and he offers those in the mosque his protection. Um, so when the when the defenders of the southern wall hear about the fall of the northern wall, uh, they they flee to the citadel, and Raymond and the and his contingent um, enter the city. Raymond and everybody who loves him still. Ray, we made it. So and, we're inside. What do we do now? And the the commander well, of the garrison, the, the commander of this garrison. I don't know. I didn't. I don't um, want to come here. I'm not a monster. <laughs> you know, you, you uh, got what I say is you got your Muslims on one side. <laughs> so Jeez, the the Christ. commander of the garrison, um, he strikes a deal with Raymond, and he surrenders the citadel um, in return for being granted safe passage um, out of Jerusalem. Um, to the city of Ascalon. Okay. Um, the slaughter, though, continues for the rest of the day. Uh, Muslims are indiscriminately killed. Um, Jews had taken reference. Uh, Jews who had taken refuge in their synagogues um, die as their synagogues are burned down by the Crusaders. Oh God! Um, the following day, Say again, uh, Tancred's prisoners, Christ havers, not Christians, very Christ, not Christians. It, Tancred's prisoners from the mosque are all slaughtered um, the following day. Gross. Um, but some some of the Muslims and Jews in the, in the city are able to survive the massacre um, either by escaping um, or being taken prisoner to be ra- uh, ransomed. Hmm. Um, the, the Christian population of the city, you know, as mentioned before, they had been expelled from the uh, city by the former governor, um, so they're not involved in the massacre. All right. Okay. On on July twenty second, um, and this is in the year one thousand, um, a, a council is held in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre um, to establish a king for Jerusalem. So this is before the Crusades. No, this is during the Crusades. You said in the year one thousand. That's what I heard. Or or year ten thousand. Sorry. Ten. The year ten thousand. You in the year? Wait, year ten thousand. <laughs> 
This is the year 1100. Oh, sorry. 1100. Okay. 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 10,000, boy. How Holy far shit. You? I thought we just had time dilation there for a second. And I was going to say, hook me up with some future uh, information so I can start betting on the market and make some money. Holy shit. <laughs> Fucking Marty McFly over here. The Reds yeah, won. <laughs> they beat the Orioles. Um, so, Raymond of Toulouse, he at first refuses to become king. Um, it, some think he might have done this to show his piety, um, but he was probably hoping that the other nobles would insist on him becoming king. That they, they would elect him to be king. Okay. Uh, but what happens is is that Godfrey, who had become more popular um, after, after Raymond's actions at the Siege of Antioch, um, accepts the position. So, so Raymond tries to be humble. He's like, "Well, you know, I I shouldn't be the king. You know, this is this is a big deal. You know, this is the the holiest city." And then they offer it to Raymond, and then Raymond just immediately accepts it because <laughs> Gottfried was expecting them. To, no, to no, to I can't. Like, okay, all right, fine. Yeah, but it's like, Dan, you don't want to put up a little bit of a fight? Nah, just do it. Just you could sure. That's all right. I'll be king. Sure. Fuck okay, all it, right. And Raymond is so incensed by this that he takes his arm. Uh, you, you know, the guy says one thing. I can't. Let me tell you something. I'm so mad right I can't, now. I'm going to take my arm and go home. I just can't do a ray. I just, <laughs> none of us can do a ray. I think it's just irresponsible. I'm taking my army. You I'm just raving. have to do Jordan Peterson. Ray, I'll go oh, with God, you. Oh, God, no. Jordan Peterson? Yeah, you just have to talk like Kermit the Frog. Just do Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jordan Peterson, and I have sex with Miss Piggy. I mean, uh, my dog. I mean, uh. <laughs> oh. Um. So, so Godfrey, um, he doesn't call himself king. He takes on a title, um, which in Latin is advocatus sancti uh, sepulcri, which means avocado uh, with curry. What? <laughs> which means advocate or defender of the holy sepulcher. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say avocado <laughs> curry is not my initial uh, go-to for spice, but I'll, I'll work with it. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> it's like a it's like a shitty guacamole. <laughs> um, but this is this is mainly used by others to describe him. It was used in a letter, not written by him. Um, Godfrey usually refers to himself as um, princeps. Princeps, and he also yeah, okay. princeps like the Roman title. Okay. And he also uh, retains his title of Duke from Lower Lorraine. I get the feeling that this that this plays out kind of like the end of one of those movies with like multiple characters, but like Gottfried went on to become Princeps, and there's just a still image of him, <laughs> you know. And it, yeah, like the end of some uh, like, Animal, some House. like upbeat, like like yeah, exactly, exactly. Like the, I'm Prince, I'm yeah, Prince, I'm like Robert I'm, Blutarski. Zoom in would be like the Man in the Mountains. What's his name? Like Robert Redford or whatever his name is. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, Jeremiah. I'm Johnson. pick. I'm thinking like the Airwolf themes playing at the end of the Crusades. There's a lot of like framing where like he's like he's like giving a thumbs up or like he just smiles towards the camera, like gives a knowing nod. One of them does. That's all one I of them think. does the innocent, like crossed arms look with his eyes out, like. <laughs> <laughs> Princeps. Um, writing, writing in the twelfth, writing in the twelfth century, William of Tyr, um, he described Godfrey as a legendary hero um, that refused to wear a quote-unquote crown of gold um, when Christ had worn one of made of thorns. 
Right. So he refused to wear a crown of gold? Well, because he doesn't call himself king, they, they sort of play this up in the future, saying, you know, that he was that he was more Christ-like. He was okay. less Christ-haver and more Christian. Gotcha. Um, the only the only contemporary chronicle uh, chronicler of the crusade, Robert the Monk, um, he describes Godfrey <laughs> as taking the title king. They like ran um, out of nicknames for one. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, what do you do for a living? Uh, I make shoes. Cool, right. Robert the Cobbler. Right. Get the yeah, fuck Robert out of my the face. Cobbler. Get out of here, Chief. <laughs> it, it, was, it was actually not in reference to the profession of being a monk. It was it was in relation to the the hit USA TV show Monk. It was in. Hey, uh, it was my because name is Leon. Could I have cool names? His favorite <laughs> uh, jazz bebop musician was Thelonious Monk. <laughs> uh, my, my name is Leon, and I've been exiled from many countries. Can I please help me? <laughs> Thelonious of Tiana. Uh, Leon the exile. Get the fuck out of here. Can somebody come the get first Leon thing the they did when they, uh, the when they got shit, into <laughs> Jerusalem is they exiled Leon Trotsky. <laughs> I didn't listen. No. I just, I'm here because I forgot my keys. I'll be back. They put up a no Leon. No Leon. Exactly. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Hey, this is it. This is discrimination. I'm a Leon. Don't worry. We'll kill you in Cuba later. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I'll, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> so, the the Crusaders, um, when they had marched to Jerusalem, they had tried to negotiate with the Fatimids, um, but the Fatimids wouldn't deal with them. Um, and after they had captured Jerusalem, um, they, they learned that the Fatimids were planning to attack them. Uh-oh. Um, so on August 10th, Godfrey um, led the remaining troops from Jerusalem to the city of Ascalon, which is about a day's march away. Um, the Fatimids were estimated to have as many as 50,000 troops, um, though some say some sources say it was 20 to 30,000. Um, the troops themselves were composed of Seljuk Turks, Arabs, Persians, Kurds, um, and Ethiopians, and they were led by a vizier named Al-Afdal uh Shahanshah. Okay. Um, opposing them were the Crusaders, whose numbers, um, estimated by uh, Raymond of of Aguilers, of being about twelve hundred knights and nine thousand infantry. Mm. Okay. Um, so on August twelfth, the the Crusader scouts discovered the location of the Fatimid camp, um, and the Crusaders immediately marched towards it. Just headstrong. Fuck it. Yeah, they just got done. They, they so just got done. How long was the siege of Jerusalem? It it didn't last very long. It only lasted about a week. So after a week of battle, which I'm, I mean, maybe that's not that long. Assuming that they had some losses, right? They just charged straight well, into another battle with a major, major. They're all force. just hopped up on Jesus juice. So they're Yo. they're like super. And not happy. not the Michael Jackson. Kind. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm talking. They they have the energy of like all those gay dads from the the Jesus Camp documentary. Oh, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. They're smoking opium out of Bible paper. That's how in touch with the Lord they are. <laughs> so they they find the location of the camp and they attack and the Fatimids are caught unaware. Oh really? Okay. Uh, because. Because the, the Fatimids aren't prepared, um, the battle is fairly short, um, and then um, eventually um, the, they retreat to the city of Ascalon, and the next day they learn that, the, uh, that they had retreated back to Egypt by boat. Um, so they plundered what remained of the Fatimid camp, and then they returned to Jerusalem. Um, and when they do, 
Uh, most of the Crusaders returned to their homes in Europe. They just said, fuck it, we're going home. They're like, we won, we're done, I'm going home. Wow. Wow. So the, the First Crusade establishes um, the so-called Crusader states of Edessa, Antioch, Jerusalem, and Tripoli. Um, and these are mainly in what is today Israel and uh, Lebanon and parts of Syria. And not, okay, never mind, not Egypt? Not Egypt, because that, that's a later crusade that goes to Egypt. Okay. Um, the, the Fatimids, who are, who are mostly based in Egypt, they retreat to there. Okay. Um, they, don't, they don't really follow them. The Jerusalem is kind of um, sort of like their, their last big stopping point. Okay. Um, and so what happens is, is that many of the crusaders had gone home um, before the main body had reached Jerusalem. And there were also some who had never left Europe at all, that, that they had never made it out. Crusaders who um, never left Europe? Yeah, that they, they either got stopped along the way or they just decided not to follow. Like, they turned around before reaching. Are they like uh, the National Guard of Crusaders? Like, no, one weekend a month, two weeks a year. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not going to get deployed, but we've got to teach Join you. Join the National Guard. <laughs> it's just like that. It's just like that episode of The Simpsons where they have like the fat guys unloading like chips. And just like it's like they're defending America. Meanwhile, you're you're unloading cargo at like Fort Whatever. Dude, Fort Whatever is serious business. Um, so these these crusaders who who had either given up or turned back, um, they're derided because the crusade had been a success, so they're mocked. Um, and the Pope also threatened to excommunicate some of them. Wait, so, okay, so the Crusades are arguably successful. They come back, and then people mock them for being successful? No, no, the ones who didn't stay until then. Oh, okay. The ones who left early and gave up. Okay. okay. This is hopeless. Everybody else comes back later on. Stephen of Blois. So we totally made it. Yeah, we totally did it. Yeah, Stephen of Blois is one of them. He, Um, he, He left? Yeah, I remember he left midway through when they were sieging Antioch. So he thought I think I hopeless. blocked it out because I was hoping Stephen would go through. Dad, he's such a coward. I just forgot about him. Fuck. Um, but many of the Crusaders, like I said, who had like gone through the entirety of the Crusade, they return home. As heroes, um, I'm assuming. So, yeah, and according to, to one of the, the chroniclers of Fulcher of of Chartra, um, he said there were only a few hundred knights left in the newfound kingdom in 1100. Wow. Um, Godfrey only rules Jerusalem for about a year. Um, he dies in, in July of, of 1100. Um, he was succeeded by his brother, Baldwin of Edessa, um, who was the, the first person to actually take the title of King of Jerusalem. What did Godfrey die of, do we know? Uh, I think he died of probably just disease. Just old age being in, like, his 40s? Probably, probably like, a combination of <laughs> So things. did they kind of just, like, come in there and, and like, take shit over, and then everyone bounces, and then it's just, like, the king dies, and then what happens? Like, did they... Mayhem. They didn't actually, like, set up some way to maintain... Yeah, like, did they set up governments? Did they set up, well, they, you know, they, continuation they say of power? The, well, they say they're, like, the rulers of the area. They try to set up a system, but they don't really have, you know, people to really keep it going. 
Um, so he he dies of it just says he contracted an illness and, and dies um, after about a month. Um, some people think he might have been poisoned. Um, an Arab chronicler says he was killed by an arrow. Um, nobody's really sure. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, so what happens is is that these crusaders who had been um, who had left and had sort of been derided, um, including Stephen II, Count of Blois, and Hugh uh, of Vermandois, um, both of them had had returned home and they had sort of been admonished. Um, so, the Pope essentially tells them that the way to redeem themselves is to partake in another crusade, which is called the Crusade of 1101. Just a year later, they, um, it's like the yeah, Super Bowl now. And, and then, so, what, what had happened with Stephen is that he had arrived back in Blois, and his wife, Adela, um, essentially derides him and is ashamed of yeah. him and would not permit him to stay at home because he had, he had run so away. So he wasn't getting any, so get out. Yeah. Got it. And they plus the Pope um, but, had sold a lot of commercial airtime down there for the Second Crusades, so... yeah. <laughs> it was it was a very expensive market. <laughs> um, but but what happens is is that this crusade, which is which is mostly just focused in Anatolia, um, they're they're just sort of um, massacred by the Seljuks. Yeah. Um, but the the survivors of it, they go down and they reinforce uh, Jerusalem. Huh. Um, in the following years, um, assistance is also provided by Italian merchants um, who established themselves in Syrian ports, um, and also from the religious and military orders that get founded in sort of the wake of the Crusades, such as the Knights Templar and the Knights Hospitaller. Ah. Um, these are created during the reign of Baldwin I. So what exactly um, is the Knights Templar? Because I know I've they're, heard of it before, but I feel like it's always very convoluted. They're they're warrior monks. Not really, yeah. Um, essentially, what it is is they're warrior monks, and just like other monks, they had different enterprises. And one of them that they did that sort of brought them into sort of suspicion and and hatred from rulers was that they did a bit of money lending. Mm-hmm. Um, and because and we all know how people at the time felt about money lending. Yeah. So, so they're eventually wiped out by the king of France because he's just like tired of them. Hmm. Then they were accused of heresy at one point too. Yeah, he he uses that as a like sort of like an excuse to wipe them out, but it's it's mostly just he's he doesn't want to like pay them back. Gotcha. That's a good way to do that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I owe you money. I'm not gonna pay you back. I'm gonna kill you. How's that sound? So the the ones that return to Europe, they're they're sort of treated as heroes. Um, Robert of Flanders was nicknamed uh, Hero Sol Solmitanus. Um, uh, also, Robert of Jerusalem. Wait, Hero Solmitanus. Um, Robert of you say Robert of Flanders. Robert Robert of Flanders. He's nicknamed Hero Solmitanus. Uh, um, sort of like this, like like bright hero, and he's also given the title Robert of Jerusalem. Oakley Doakley, Robert of Jerusalem. <laughs> I knew you were just like getting that together, <laughs> like getting it together. It's like doing a Porky Pig, you know. You gotta take your time. Oakley <laughs> Um 
Godfrey becomes, um, like I had mentioned, he becomes sort of like a legend, even within a few years after his right. death. Um, but for some of these crusaders, them going on the crusade had like had hurt them. Um, for instance, one of them, Robert uh, Robert Curthose, um, was away on the crusade. Um, the the throne of England had passed to his brother Henry the First of England instead of him, um, and, and this resulted in a battle called the Battle of of Tinchebray in 1106 who won um i think let me take a look it was a decisive victory for henry the first so robert robert loses (laughs) decisively say robert loja loses yeah robert loja (laughs) c as in crusades (laughs) r as in robert loja space uh. Um, so uh, the effect that it sort of had um, on the the region was was also pretty severe for the for the Middle East. Um, it, it helped ease um, Seljuk pressure on the Byzantine Empire, making it easier for them to, to keep existing. And they had also regained some of the Anatolian territory for them, um, sort of in- increasing their grasp on the region. Um, so for the Byzantines. Um, they had a period of, of peace and prosperity um, in the 12th century. Okay. Um, but within the Muslim world, um, it, it's not as good. Um, following the death of um, Malik Shah I in 1092, um, the, the Seljuk Empire um, had sort of um, divided up, and they weren't able to make a coherent defense against what were called the Latin states, which were the Crusader states. All right. The Christ um, states, if you will. And then because of that, and um, cooperation uh, remained difficult, um, but um, but from Egypt to Baghdad, there were these increased calls to expel the Crusaders from the Levant and to recapture Jerusalem, which eventually happens under a leader named Saladin um, later in the century. Yep. Saladin. And, and this... And, and Saladin, the Saladin, this, this happens, right? Yeah. And, and this happens after the... Um, the Ayyubids um, unite the surrounding areas. Okay. Um, the the success of the Crusade um, inspired um, the liter- literary imagination of poets in France, um, who in the 12th century um, they began to compose various um, poems and, and songs um, celebrating the exploit of Godfrey and the other Crusaders. Um, one of these is the the Chanson de Antioch. Um, which is a semi-historical um, chasson that also describes them, you know, fighting dragons, what? and and also ties. So God semi-fantasy. Freeze. Let's let's start with semi-fantasy, <laughs> not semi-historical. Let's no. <laughs> semi-historical and completely fanciful. Um, semi-historical high fantasy where they fight dragons. That's like saying Game of Thrones is semi-historical. <laughs> well. <laughs> Actually, well, um, it, and they also tie Godfrey's um, ancestry to a legendary knight called the Knight of the Swan, um, and these come to be known as the Crusade Cycle. Um, and and also um, other artists would be inspired by the Crusade. Um, in 1580, uh, Terquato Tasso wrote. Uh, Jerusalem Delivered, which is a largely fictionalized epic poem about the capture of Jerusalem. Um, Handel would compose uh, music based on this poem in his opera uh, Rinaldo, 
and the 19th century poet um, Tommaso Grassi also wrote an epic poem, uh, which is also the basis for Giuseppe Verdi's opera I Lombardi alla prima Rigoletto. <laughs> Ragu Bertinelli. Um, so, in the like I had mentioned previously, the first crusade is is generally considered to be the only successful crusade um, because it's the only one that really reaches the the Holy Land and actually succeeds in in sort of taking it and holding it for a period of time. It's kind of uh, like finishing a project in, in college, like your final project, but then never doing anything <laughs> with your degree. Ever like me, like yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> the 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 Fourth Crusade, for instance, um, they end up conquering the Byzantine Empire um, after um, Venetian merchants redirect them um, to to a sort of attack um, Byzantium in order to pay for their transport to the Holy Land. So basically, the only reason they succeeded was because of a bunch of Venetian merchants. Well, well, no, they don't succeed. They instead of going like their original goal was to go to the Middle East, but the Venetians oh, but they, but put up some blinds. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, my the, the, comedy punny crusades continues. It will happen. The, the, Venetian, the Venetian blinds, the Ottomans <laughs> with their millions from comfy seats. Do they hit them with a bunch of misdirection then? Well, no. What they say is like, we'll take you, but you got to do this job for us. So the job was they had to attack the business. Fucking side quest. Listen, you got to hang these blinds, okay? My friend Vinny needs some blinds hung in his house. It's a side put quest. Put some Venetian blinds in. We'll take you right to wherever hey. you need to go. Hey, I heard you hang blinds. <laughs> it was like Dang and Rampa. They made the wrong choice, and the whole game ended. <laughs> but they're they're so successful in taking Constantinople. That they just sort of roll the whole empire and they just divide it up amongst themselves. Okay. Um, and, and the last, the, the generally is considered the last major crusade. Um, and, and depending on which source you go to, um, it, it's the ninth crusade. Some say it's the eighth crusade. There's some debate over it um, because the There's crusades a debate are, over are really that unsuccessful. Yeah, because a lot of the crusades are unsuccessful. Um, some, you know, get stopped well before they reach there. So some people claim like that wasn't a full crusade. Um, so they're, they're unsuccessful. The, this crusade and, um, the ninth crusade, which is also called Lord Edward's crusade lasts from about 1271 to 1272. Um, and so, and these ultimately fail because the crusader kingdoms are not really viable, um, because they're not areas that are actually have an attachment to the people fighting for them though they do have religious significance you know they don't live there they have homes and titles and, and duties elsewhere yeah they only um, care really about the end goal they don't care about what they destroy on the way so as long as they get their like their participation trophy their indulgence like they just leave okay they they don't really care about you know becoming king of jerusalem or or, or taking land there they're just like i'm gonna do my duty I'm gonna get get out. I just want to say, yeah, they did. it's kind of like Frank Dukes. They just say they did it. of Kumite, local Kumite champion Frank Dukes, <laughs> going to Kalinwald City and winning the Kumite, and then just just leaving and letting the Chinese government just take the take the Kalinwald City and just knock it down. You know, 
I, I don't I don't remember that part of Bloodsport, but I believe you're right. <laughs> when they I'm pretty sure that's that's no, it's a, you know when they the only part I'm really right about is uh, when they chase uh, when Forrest Whitaker and the white cop chase because uh, nobody oh, yeah. knows who the fuck that actor is but Forrest Whitaker was mwah, brilliant uh, when they yeah. chase he's always brilliant when they chase uh, Van Damme that's through Calhoun Walt City that very well no that's through Hong Kong are you sure that's, yeah they chase yeah, him Hong Kong, they, they, they chase him through the streets of Hong Kong and they have a very delightful romp through the city as they chase after the Repscali and Frank Dukes later on when they like when they show up with that Hong Kong cop and like sort of the bowels of the Kowloon Walled City, and he picks up the the trash can lid and deflects the the that's teaser. It. Yeah, that's what you're. Yeah, you're to. right. You're right, man. I gotta go watch Bloodsport. I'm now. I'm referring to their delightful romp where like he's like like finger wagging them and like it's like a Mentos commercial. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> It's it's like a Mentos or some other. Yeah, it's a Mentos. It's, like, it's the don't. Mentos commercial uh, Bloodsport thing. It's on YouTube. We'll put it in the show comments. Yeah, we'll put it in the show Nothing comments to you. instead of actually writing a, a pithy description. We'll just put the Bloodsport video. Cool. <laughs> fresh goes fresh. Mentos freshness. All right. So first crusade successful. Only successful crusade. Um, that concludes the first crusade. We'll be doing episodes for the next nine crusades. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the, so, so for the next three months, we're going to be doing the rest of the crusades. Now, uh, thank you for joining the History chat. Podcast, known as the Trial Out of Troika. In the next episode, Grapes. <laughs> How did they start? Hairless pets. They can do surgery on grapes? <laughs> All right, I'm out. All right, later, guys. Later.